as he gazed at the man who spoke his name. So, Marcus, he drawled, taking a lazy pinch of snuff from a filigree box. You're back. As usual, dear fellow, you seem to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. The army hasn't done much for your manners, has it? Members only allowed in here, I'm afraid. Sebastian Corbridge broke off as the dark-haired man threw his whip aside, then covered the ground between them to grasp his blue satin lapels with both hands. My God, Corbridge, the man grated out, but you've got some explaining to do. Let me tell you that I've just returned from Lornings and I didn't like what I found there. You'd better start talking. You'd better think up some excuses and quickly. Corbridge looked down with pointed disdain at the hands that gripped his exquisite lapels. So you've ridden all the way from Gloucestershire, he sneered, the slight tremor of fear disguised by heavy scorn. Dear me, and there was I thinking you might have come straight from some modish salon. After all, I suppose it's just about possible that clothing such as yours is permitted at fashionable gatherings, now that there are so many unemployed ex-army officers around town. The taller man's powerful shoulder muscles bunched dangerously beneath his greatcoat, and Corbridge was lifted from the ground. Do put me down, Marcus, breathed Lord Sebastian Corbridge. You smell of horseman, wet horses. All in all, you're rather overdoing it, betraying your origins, you know. All around the room, their audience watched the scene in breath-holding fascination. A young footman, who'd just come through from the inner salon bearing a brandy decanter on a silver tray, froze into immobility at the sight, his mouth agape and the candlelight danced on the golden-amber liquid as it shivered behind the cut glass. Slowly, the dark-haired man called Marcus let go of his victim. His steel-grey eyes were still burning with intensity, and the skin around his grim mouth was white. He drew a ragged breath. At least, cousin Sebastian, I don't stink of trickery and theft. Nearby, an older man, whose face was red with indignation, jumped to his feet. Enough, man, he rasped at the intruder. Guard your tongue or we'll have you thrown out bodily. Corbridge shook his head quickly, smoothing down his satin lapels. No need for that, eh, Marcus? Firstly, I'd like to hear you explain yourself. And secondly, I'd much... Much rather you didn't address me as cousin. I'd rather not have to address you as anything, said Marcus. He was more in control of himself now. But the fact remains that we are, unfortunately, related. And you ask me to explain myself. But first, I'll ask you this. How do you justify the fact that you've managed to rob my elderly godfather of everything? every acre of land, every penny of savings, and above all, the home he loves so dearly. Lord Corbridge arched his pale eyebrows just a little. Facts, dear Marcus, let us look at the facts.
Though facts, I remember, were never your strong part. Always emotional, weren't you? Must be your unstable heritage showing through. Marcus's face darkened, and his fists clenched dangerously at his sides. Corbridge, after taking a hasty step back from him, went on hurriedly, I've robbed Sir Roderick Delancey of absolutely nothing. I assure you. In fact, I tried to help him, tried to dissuade him from plunging into yet greater debts. Gambling is such a sad sickness, especially at his age. He shrugged, an expression of concern creasing his smooth features. But, in spite of my every endeavour, Marcus, the foolish Sir Roderick continued to plunge yet deeper into the mire. I extricated him from the likelihood of a debtor's prison at vast personal expense. In return.